Welcome into the New Orleans Saints podcast, presented by SeatGeek. You'll hear from players, coaches, broadcasters, and writers that cover the NFL on a daily basis. The New Orleans Saints podcast starts right now. Here's your host, Aaron Summers. Happy Monday, Aaron Summers here with the New Orleans Saints podcast. Today we are talking about the Saints preseason opener against Houston with former Saints offensive tackle John Stinchcomb. The Saints led for most of the game Saturday before the Texans were able to score late in the fourth for the 17-13 win. Quarterback Andy Dalton connected with Dwayne Washington for a touchdown on the opening drive of the game. Will Lutz and John Parker Romo added a pair of field goals in the second and fourth quarter to bring the Saints' final score to 13. You can find full coverage of the game against the Texans, our post-game report, stories, pictures, and interviews at NewOrleansSaints.com. The Saints do head to Green Bay Monday for a few joint practices with the Packers ahead of their preseason game on Friday. You can follow the Saints on social for all of the action. Now, let's bring in John Stinchcomb. John, thank you so much for joining me on the New Orleans Saints podcast. I really appreciate it. It was good being with you on Saturday night to call the first preseason game. How are you doing today? I'm great. I'm, uh, I am I actually took an early flight back on Sunday morning, so I was glad glad to re- finally recover last night. But <laughs> I love being back in football season and being able to watch the Saints and feel very optimistic about this year. So after preseason game number one, I think uh, Saints fans should feel like there's a, a lot to feel really good about heading into this season. Well, let's talk about some of those things they should feel good about. Let's we can start with the opening drive, I think, was a good moment for the Saints. Everything was clicking. It, it, they looked really good. Yes, and uh, you know, it starts with Andy Dalton in my mind because yeah, in this day and age, and especially after last season for New Orleans, it shows that you have to have two guys that are ready and can step in. Now, obviously, uh, for the Saints to really reach their pinnacle, it's going to be a healthy Jameis Winston and the best version of him that we've seen in the NFL. Now, I think there's so many more complementary pieces that kind of pick up uh, the slack from was what wasn't available last year. But when Andy came in, um, you, you saw the 12-year veteran that you anticipate when you go out and, and have a, um, a free agent signing like you do when you bring him onto this roster. So he comes in, he, he does ex- exactly what you expect. He moves the offense down the field. It was a sustained drive, and you're like, okay. Uh, so that's one of the, the real positives. Now, it doesn't take long before you see uh, there's growth opportunities behind him. Definitely. And it is a preseason game. The starters, a lot of the projected starters didn't even suit up on Saturday night. So you have that aspect of it. And then the starters that did only played that first series. So you have to kind of take the rest of the game with a grain of salt. What stood out to you? What were some of the positives as you started to see some of the backups get some more playing time? Sure. Well, I think the depth across the defense, um, specifically across that front line. I mean, Granderson uh, was living in the backfield. Passigno, same thing. Um, so it, I think it, you look at the depth of, of defensive ends, it's going to be hard to keep as many guys as you'd want at, at that position group primarily. Um, you got a lot of playmakers, and hopefully you find a way to, to keep them all in the 53. But 
Um, you know, it, it happens this way annually where it feels like there's a position group that, that you're light on and heavy, heavy on. And uh, that defensive line, especially on the edges, there's a lot of guys that can play that might not get the snaps that they otherwise would if they were in another roster or locker room. So, so that was very encouraging to me. The linebacker position was an area that they don't have as much depth at. I think the performance from Chase Hansen was great. You know, he came out and had the interception and really showed why it was good for the Saints to re-sign him. He's familiar with this team. He's been on the practice squad and he felt like he's healthy now. He feels like this may be a good opportunity for him. What did you like about his performance? Well, that he showed up across the board mm -hmm. uh, very early. It was the, the he recognizes it's a in, interior run. He finds the gap. He hits it and makes a tackle for a loss to kind of set the tone for the defense. So early and often we were calling the name Henson. So it was uh, the, the interception. And he's also like you say, he's been in the system. You, you mm -hmm. don't see those same. Uh, jitters is probably not the right word for the young guys, but the same hiccups that someone who's familiar and feeling comfortable and playing at his highest level, uh, like you saw with Chase, I think um, you, you see a guy who's very comfortable in that system, very familiar with what's being asked of him and was able to play at a speed that you don't always see in that first preseason game from guys that don't have that same level of experience. And that's what you need to see from him. And I think that it should be the same optimism you have for the younger guys of, part of the reason why they're not able to make plays is they're still processing. They're still thinking through what am I, you know, what am I supposed to do instead of how am I going to do it? Which, mm -hmm. you know, that just comes with familiarity in the system. There are definitely a few players that they've added on here in the past week because of some of the injuries and they're just tweaks, no major injuries here that they're very worried about. You know, Brian Allen was somebody that they brought in. He had a good pick late in the game and then, probably not so great play late in the game as yeah. well. Um, it, it's going to happen. As you mentioned, you know, they're still getting comfortable with the system, the picks, they had three picks on the defensive side, which were great, but then there were the turnovers on the offensive side. What do you attribute those to at this point? Well, you know, I, I you, you look, go, you go back and look at the interceptions from Ian and, you know, you're looking, is he under pressure? is did the wide receiver possibly run the wrong route and you know on the on the first interception that just goes high off Juwan Johnson's hands you can't really attribute to anything other than he just drove the ball too high and those mm -hmm. kind of mistakes happen um, but you, you don't have those excuses to fall back on and say well it was this that or the other uh, another issue was was the sacks and you know there's times where if you go back and watch the film maybe he's four or five yards deeper than some of the other quarterbacks and where they set up. So, you know, just trying to coordinate and, and get those finer details is part of a younger player's progression. And there's always more onus and expectation for a quarterback than any other spot. And it's, it comes down to the details. And, you know, when you're talking about a wide receiver that's, that's hooking up in a zone um, and making sure that you don't, sail the ball and you know Ian did a couple times so I don't want to say you need to write him off you know he he's a younger guy there was there was growth pains that we all witnessed in that first preseason game 
And I would hearken back to a few years ago when um, Taysom had those opportunities in, in a preseason game. And it, it wasn't a good game for him. But it was early on in the process, and he got better from that. And I think uh, the hope for Ian is that the same opportunity and the same progression um, will entail, that he learns from what happened in this past game on Saturday and, and builds from that. It's, these players are not in stagnant states. Guys are getting better. And sometimes it, it, it takes, you know, you screw it up a few times to realize – I got to make changes to whatever aspect of my game. He's not alone in that. Ian Book mm-hmm. wasn't the only guy to have screw ups. It's just, you know, he's the quarterback and everybody sees when he screws up. It's definitely a tough position because it is highlighted more than the rest of them. There were moments for other players that I'm sure they would have liked to have a different outcome. Um, we've been looking at the running backs because there are a lot of them. We know we're going to start with Alvin Kamara, Mark Ingram, and then who is going to be the third, fourth back. Somebody that's going to be able to contribute probably um, in more ways than just being, you know, a, a downhill runner. Uh, Tony Jones Jr. had some good moments. Dwayne Washington obviously scoring that first touchdown, some good moments. And then Abram Smith, somebody that I think they are starting to get higher on. He's starting to feel more comfortable as a rookie coming into the speed of the game. But of course he had that turnover late in the game with the fumble. He said he talked to players after the game and everybody told him to shake it off. It's not a big deal. You know, everybody makes mistakes. We can't all be perfect, but obviously fans want you to be perfect. So looking at the backs, how would you evaluate their performances? Well, but ball security is paramount, right? If you're going to be, wide receiver tight end doesn't matter especially running backs if you're going to touch the ball you have to protect it each possession is sacred to to a team and you know you have now have your head coach as a defensive coach so he knows what defenses are trying they're trying to create more opportunities for the offense when you give the other team uh, a, a free possession that's a problem so first and foremost you got to protect the ball do you make mistakes yes absolutely um and and one you can you can tolerate. Mm-hmm. Uh, you certainly don't love them, but you you have a couple of those, and you say I just can't trust this player. So you you have to eliminate that from your game. Now you look at the the how the season played out for last year. The Saints have what seventy five plus various starters, not just guys that rotated through their fifty three man roster. You have to be able to have some familiarity with players that you trust and you can bring in. So even if you don't make that initial roster of 53, that they can come in and still have an uh, awareness of what you want to do and your, and your identity. So there is opportunity for all those guys. I mean, obviously Kamara and Mark are one and two, but even if you, if you're not that third guy that makes the roster, can you still show that given the opportunity, you can bring me back. Now that's one thing. The other is how many, how many reps can you, get out of a player special teams special teams special teams right mm-hmm. during during this uh preseason you're saying if you're only going to get one or two reps in offense then i'm going to need 20 plus from you in all the other special teams you got to be able to cover punts you got to be able to get down the field on kickoff or kickoff return so it's huge for those guys yes you have to add value as a backup uh, running back but I need some, I need some value add. I need some snaps from you. If we're going to give 
you one of the 46 jerseys that uh, we are limited to on a Sunday, I need to be able to get snaps from that. And so, you know, Tony Jones and Abrams, uh, those guys are competing. Uh, yes, you have to be able to run the ball effectively. That's why you're on the roster. Mm -hmm. But I also, as you're doing these metrics of who are we going to play and how are we going to keep them, that justification for your roster spot is here's a guy that can get us 22 plays on special teams and on offense that brings value to the table. And he's not just a, a space filler. There were a couple of players that when talking to Dennis Allen before the game, he mentioned to us, you know, I've seen Traquan Smith line up for special teams. He knows that that wide receiver room is much different this year. There are a lot of guys that have come back, Michael Thomas, and then with the draftees, Chris Olave, and then bringing in Jarvis Landry, all of a sudden, you know, that room is completely different than what we saw last year. We didn't see a lot of Chris Olave. Would have liked to see a little bit more from him. Hopefully we will across the next few preseason games. But across the board with the people that were drafted between Olave and Penning, Penny played the whole game, basically. I mean, he didn't play that first series. Um, what did you notice from them, the rookies, stepping into their first real NFL game? Sure. And, you know, you didn't, we didn't get to see a lot of Olave. So I'm going to take that as what they've seen in practice. And you could probably speak to that mm -hmm. more than I can. What they've seen in practice is very promising that they feel really good of his, about this early development piece that, you know, maybe we don't have to work him as much as a, you know, normal rookie, if you will, um, at a position where we need him to, to, add that spark and, and fill in those places that we were missing the void that was created in this past season. So I'm going to take that as the vote of confidence of what his body of work has been in, in training camp up to this point. Now for, and Penny, it, ha it has been really good. I will jump yep. in and say that Olave's looked great in practice, very smooth. He's yep. catching everything. He's got really good moves off the line. He's shaking defenders. So yes, I will give him my vote of confidence. I don't know if that matters, but I'll do that. <laughs> sure. Well, yeah, yeah. You're, you're you're one who gets to see those practices, and so you're seeing what the coaches are seeing is this guy's making the plays and and doing what we're asking to him. I'm sure you'd also be able to attest of whether he's getting lit up by his position coach for running the wrong routes, which mm -hmm. we've heard none of. No, so. Yeah. Not not just his performance, but you know his his lack of getting attention for mental errors and busts and those kind of things, which which is a good thing. That's what you're looking for. Um, now, Pinning did, like you say, Pinning got a lot more snaps, and uh, you saw a, a young, very talented player. Uh, just watching him, I'm you know a former tackle, so I'm drawn to to my eyes are at those tackle positions and. You know, for the average fan out there, they're probably saying, uh-oh, well, you know, he, he gave up an inside move and there was pressure off the edge. And, and yeah, I mean, I, I'm not going to discredit that there's, there's growth for him. But you also saw, which, you know, the average fan might not have, some backside cutoffs from a difficult situation where, you know, he has pinned a three technique, turned his body and stopped and created a back wall on – you know, giving the, the running back an extra lane to cut off of um, in the zone run game. So 
there was some, there was some strength. I saw him take some really good sets. I mean, he's a bigger frame guy, obviously. So his body control is impressive. And uh, we weren't able to highlight some of his you know, greatest strengths of physicality, but I think that's yet to come. I think mm-hmm. as you watch him play more, even in these last two preseason games, we'll be able to highlight and show fans that this guy is special. And yes, I'm aware that, you know, it was the pressure that he got uh, at the top of the pocket. And then the defensive end comes right back with an underneath move. There's, you know, there's some growth there, but that we kind of mentioned it earlier was the quarterback set up in the right spot. I'm not blaming other people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He can do better in those scenarios, but I saw enough to feel like I get it. I get why, uh, you know, a man of his size and the way he moves and been, being able to do what he's done, not only in practice, but in the run game, uh, in this game, we saw flashes of, you know, some really nice sets and lockdown situations in the past game um, against the Texans for him. So, you know, some hiccups, it was not perfect, um, but I don't think that's the expectation. I also, I also think, and I'm just, you know, offensive line, Aaron, Mm -hmm. so just, you pulled my string and let me go, (laughs) but um, having Hurst there gives him the opportunity to grow and, you know, he's coming from Northern Iowa. He's had, didn't play in at Alabama or Georgia where it's that, that high level competition, competition week in and week out. So he is a young player that is, has a vastly enormous upside that will be realized if given the time, if he's able to develop um, where he's not forced into action too quickly, where, you know, the expectations are, you know, you're replacing Armstead. Well, Armstead is a freak of nature, first mm-hmm. off, and has been doing it a long time. So the, he's not having to fill those shoes, if you will. He, he gets an opportunity to, to, to come along and work on his craft until he's ready, uh, which is a blessing that the Saints have because, you know, Hurst was what? He started eight games last year. So, Good situation for both players, Hurst to, to get the starts because he's earned them and pinning to develop until he earns the opportunity to be a starter. Definitely. Across the board, out of all the first round draft picks in this last draft, Penning was the highest rated for his performance in week one. So as much as people wanted to scrutinize what he was or wasn't doing, across uh, everybody, you know, every position – he was the highest rated. So was this a PFF? Well, who, who, yes, who, yeah. Rated by who, Aaron? Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, all those little weird stats that they do, but um, he is talented and he's coming in, was drafted that high for a reason. And I think it's great that he's going to have the opportunity to develop and continue to work on some of the techniques, he's, his hand placement, stuff like that, that he's talked about. Um, as we transition here to this game against the Packers, they're going to get the opportunity to go against the Packers in practice. How beneficial are those joint practices going to be on Tuesday and Wednesday? Yeah, I, they've become more valuable than preseason games in my mind because both staffs get to see 180 players and not just the 90 that, that you normally do. Um, so you get familiarity with guys that are probably going to be on the waiver wire from the Packers. Mm-hmm. Um, it gives you a variety of uh, opportunities to compete. And if there's one message that DA continues to emphasize, it's I want my guys to be tough, smart, 
and compete across the board. So at some point in training camp, you get really sick of hitting the same, literally two guys day in and day out. And when you get this opportunity to go against a new team, it's a whole new set. The energy is increased, ratcheted right back up to where it was the first time you put on the pads. And it's a variety. What they're the techniques and the schemes that they're facing that the Packers deploy, they're going to be differences than what you see on a day, day in, day out basis from your own team. So it's great. It's a great opportunity to, to compete against new faces, uh, to keep that energy level up in camp when this is kind of the doldrums, if you will, where you know you're you're looking for sparks, you're looking for ways to keep guys competing at a high level you bring in three or four days where you know everybody's got that alpha mentality where you want to be top dog and it's it's a good environment to get better and see where you're at and what you what you still have to work on how much is Aaron Rodgers going to be replaying last year's first game of the season where the Saints just absolutely you know I mean they made it they embarrassed him well, let's just put it out uh-huh. there, right? <laughs> so how how much is that going to be part of it? I mean, they both played last year. Yeah, and it's not just Aaron. I think the entire team will take that, the, the coaching staff as well, because, you know, he's their bell cow. He didn't play great. They didn't play great. And so you, you bring this team back, and, yeah, I mean, you don't forget those kind of things. Mm-hmm. Players don't just like, oh, all right, it's a new day. You know, you I may say that to the media, but – there's always, I, I remember all the times I've screwed up a heck of a lot more than I do the great plays. And I, I don't think that's uncommon. I think for, for good players, they're competitive. They're looking at, you know, if something didn't go well, I want to make sure that I've, I've righted the ship, if you will. And given the opportunity, you know, I'll tell you, oh, it's just another practice, just another mm-hmm. game like any other, but no, it's not. <laughs> You're wanting to prove that, you know, that was a, that was the fluke and that was the anomaly. So it's a good challenge for this defense that, you know, is super talented. Everybody is talking about, and rightfully so, the uh, level of expectations from this Saints defense. And what a great opportunity to prove that again for an entire week's worth of practice and a preseason game against one of the best quarterbacks in the league right now. For fans, for people that haven't had the chance to be in training camp and playing in these games, you go from 90 to 85. There are a couple cuts here. There are a couple more cuts after game two. And then all of them really happen. It's down to 53 after game three. So what is the mentality for a player going into this next week, this second preseason game? Maybe some of the players that maybe feel like they're on the fringe. Yeah, and, and I would say this Saints roster is a tough one to crack because there's so many returning bodies. There's so many veterans that I think you can more than pencil them in to, to spots, and you're, there's really not. I mean, there's mm-hmm. I think we just played a Texans team where there's more opportunity. There's guys that are competing because there's not as much clarity, especially in that too deep. And, and the Saints, there's just not – that much opportunity, which is a good thing. I think mm-hmm. the Saints have really established themselves and brought their um, overall roster to a point where of these 53 spots, we're only talking about a small handful of them. I think you know, 40 plus have, have been written in ink for a long time. And now we're just trying to figure out you know, what helps 
with special teams, what helps with our overall culture, what what can we add and develop, and then who's on our practice squad is probably more of the conversations that are being held more so than, hey, we need a number three wide receiver. There's a lot of teams going through that discussion. The Saints aren't one of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of the, the few spots might be linebacker. I mean, you got uh, Davis who, you know, as long as he is able, he should put that in concrete, right? I mean, mm-hmm. he's, he's the guy. Warner stays healthy. That's two. So um, Ellis was a name that, that Coach Allen has mentioned. Past that, who, who are the folks that are really stepping up? And when I heard that, when, when you hear Coach Allen talk about it, I think one of the names that we're all looking to, and, and it comes at about the right time in his progression, is this year three for Zach Vaughn and, mm-hmm. and going, it's time for you. You know, it's time for you to either be a contributor that, that is reliable and consistent, or we need to move on and, and figure out some other opportunities. Now, now I'm not saying he's not going to make the team, but he's certainly a player that I think we should all kind of watch because he falls in that it's time. It's time to see more from you and, and figure out what you can bring to the table for us. And Vaughn is somebody that has been hampered with injury over the past couple of weeks. He's not been a full participant for the entire training camp, which may not bode well for the situation that you're describing there. That's tough. Health is a big part of it. We definitely need you to be healthy to be able to contribute to the team. So there's a couple people like that that we're watching. Werner, somebody else who's dealing with a groin injury. Um, hopefully their health progresses over the next couple of weeks. And we're looking forward to just another game on Friday night. It's going to be a little cooler out here in Green Bay. It's going to be fun um, being out here at Lambeau. So I'm looking forward to it. I appreciate the time with you. And yeah, we're, we'll have fun on Friday. Uh, looking forward to it, Aaron. I enjoyed this past weekend. We're back to playing Saints football. So that's a good thing. Definitely. Well, thank you so much for your time. Anytime. Talk to you soon. Thanks as always to John. He will be on the call with Joel Myers, Jonathan Vilma, and myself for the Saints game at the Packers Friday, 7 o'clock. You can watch that locally on Fox 8. There is still time to enter our contest to win a trip to watch the Saints play in London. The grand prize includes airfare, hotel for four nights, tickets to the Saints-Vikings game on October 2nd, a high tea experience, and a community coffee gift basket. Head to the contest page under FanZone on NewOrleansSaints.com to enter. Thank you for joining me today. Have a great rest of your day. Thanks for listening to the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek. Join us three times per week on NewOrleansSaints.com, the Saints mobile app, or you can download the podcast on iTunes. We'll see you next time right here on the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek.